right, everybody. Welcome back to Dirt Talk. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. And today we have Taylor White, our first, what I believe is our first Canadian on the show. So very exciting. We're oh, we're, nice. we're extending uh, beyond some borders here. And uh, Taylor White, third generation business owner, small business up in Canada, growing it pretty damn quickly, taking it over from the uh, older generations, doing things a whole lot differently than they did it, using online, his online presence to, you know, sell more dirt, do more work. It's pretty cool to see. So I'm really excited to talk to you because I feel like we have very similar viewpoints on a whole lot of stuff here. Yeah, same with you, man. I, I'm happy to be here. And I was actually just rocking out uh, to your intro music there. It, was, uh, it got me pumped up for this. Yep, it's the finest uh, free music you can find online. So we do things very yeah, professionally like around that. here. Yeah, I want to just start with, so your third generation, how did you, I guess you grew up around it. So the story is you probably grew up around it, but how did you get into the, the construction industry? Well, yeah. So basically... The business, Ken White Construction, was started in 1968. <laughs> I'm not going to start in 1968 and talk all the way up, but just to give the listeners a bit of a background history, the business was, was started in 68 by my grandfather, Ken White. That's where Ken White Construction comes from. And he originally started this with a track loader, and he actually used to sell topsoil and just would do uh, septic systems back in the day. So, you know, skip ahead. He did that for a lot of years. My father was born in the 60s. He worked himself into the business. He had me in 1995. I'm 25 years old right now. And um, basically, I grew up around this stuff, man. My dad is a very much, we're from a small town, like a rural small town. So it's very much, you do what kind of your dad does. And if you're in construction, you, you do that. Like it's, there wasn't really, there's more options now as the city grows and as our rural area grows. But back then it was very much like, I'm going to be going into construction, but my passion for it really started then. So I grew up my whole life being around construction machinery, being around equipment on job sites. Like that was my hobby with my dad was just being around this stuff. So there was never any doubt that you'd get into the industry. No, man, it was always like you, I could go back to school projects of like, you know, what do you want to do when you're older? And I always was like, I want to run machinery and I want to own my construction company and I want to work with my dad. And it's always been that, like, that's your job. Like I've skewed off and I've gone different paths. Like I worked at West for a bit in the pipeline, but I always remain, I always had the vision of working in the family business and kind of taking it to a new height rather than just being, because I mean, listen, there's this huge stigma. And even for the listeners listening right now, there's this huge fucking stigma of, you know, being third generation stuff being handed to you. Like I grew up my whole life with that. Right. So going into the business, I wanted to do it in a way that I wasn't just like a third nipple. I wasn't just there just to hang out. Yeah. I want to contribute to, the business and I want to grow it as my dad did when he took over and as my grandfather did when he started. What's the motivation behind wanting to do that though? Realistically, you could easily, you know, just keep the business where it is, keep the business goals where they are, you know, keep overhead low, just do your damn thing, pay your machines off and go yep. on down the road. Why, why grow beyond that? you say that because I was talking to a guy this morning and let me tell you those thoughts go through my mind 
definitely all the time because yeah. you know, as a business guy, business is a goddamn roller coaster of emotion. And I mean, some people say they don't, you know, deal business with emotion, but if you're financially tied up and it's what you're feeding your family with, I'm sorry, but there always is emotion tied to business. So the thought of just coasting isn't an option for me because I want to carry on my family's legacy. And I like seeing our name, Kenway Construction, slapped on the side of more trucks, more iron, bigger commercial projects. But like you said, why don't you just coast? Trust me, there's days where I think to myself, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to buy a shipping container and I'm going to move into the middle of a thousand acres and I'm going to live off the grid and I'm going to sell everything and have a couple million dollars in the bank and I'm fucking out and I'm done. But then reality kicks in and it goes, no, dude, I truly love what I fucking do. And this is what I'm made to do. Yeah. What's your dad like? What was growing up with your dad like? He's on Instagram and he'll message, he messages me quite often and he seems just like a straight shooter, just you know, he's been around construction his whole life. He's worked his ass off. He's used his back to make his money. Like he's just as just straight, straight up construction guy as it gets. What was growing up, you know, with him like, and and now what's it like running the business with him? Oh, dude, it's awesome. It's like, that sucks that you can't see. I'm grinning ear to ear right now. It's actually hilarious. It's just my dad, he's a different guy now because he's getting more freedom. And that ultimately is the goal is I'm working so that my dad can come to the office maybe twice, three times a week and just enjoy life the rest of the time with my mom. Go ahead on the boat, enjoy life. That's the goal there. Yeah. So growing up with my dad, he is the reason why I have the work ethic that I do. And it probably isn't healthy. And I probably won't raise my kids that way. Not saying that there's anything wrong with how I am now, but yeah. my dad is your, like you, like you fucking said, my dad is the classic hardworking construction industry guy. You know, if your feet aren't on the ground and your shovel isn't in your fucking hand, you're not working, you're not doing nothing and you better get a shovel in your hand. Yeah. So growing up with him was, he always put it into my head. Like you want shit in life, you got to fucking work hard for it and you got to do it. Now, skip ahead a little bit now where he has more freedom and more time. He's kind of at first with the whole, you know, me taking over the business and and doing the whole online thing with YouTube and actually originally started on Facebook. And now I'm not really on that at all. I'm more on YouTube and Instagram. But at first he was kind of like, he didn't even know what Instagram or YouTube was. Like he had no idea, right? So now that he's on it, it's funny to see that because he gets it and he actually really enjoys your content because he just thinks that it's so cool that the way that you look at stuff and the way that you actually give knowledge and information to people like through your Instagram. And so he's a different guy now. He's definitely more chilled and laid back. But growing up, my dad was like, if you're not out of bed by 6 a.m., I'm leaving without you. And when I get <laughs> fucking home tonight, like, buddy, you might want to think about moving out. Yeah. No, so. My dad is, he's the opposite of that. He's very, very mild mannered tax attorney. And so he's super analytical, extremely fast mind, but very just quiet, mellow, has used his mind his whole life, not his back, no blue collar work whatsoever. But then I had another father figure in my life, my friend's dad, who had a property up in Montana. And he was the one that's just like that. I mean, just 
He'll never tell you good job. He expects you to just bust your ass. If you don't take out the trash when you're supposed to, you are going to get a earful and an ass chewing for it. And that's when I picked up kind of the work ethic I do. I feel like, you know, I've leveraged what my dad has to teach, but then that just hard ass mentality is essential for this industry or else you'll never, never make it. I feel like. No, man, I totally agree. And like, it hit me hard whenever you just said the guy wasn't someone who said good job. That is my dad, dude. Like, <laughs> I could pump, like, tens of millions of dollars through this company, and he wouldn't even fucking say, like, hey, you're doing a good job, good work. But yep. I know that he is proud and he's happy of what I do. And, I mean, he gets a few scotches into him every now and then, and he fucking tells me how happy he is of me. And we get into this little powwow of emotions, which I think is a healthy thing to do every once in a while because if you hold, hold your emotions in, it's not really a good thing, but it's and blue collar work. I mean, two grown men crying to each other probably isn't the most acceptable thing in the world, but it needs to happen, especially when my dad isn't somebody who is, you know, not that I need reassurance, but sitting there saying, Hey, you know, you're on the right path or, you know, you're doing a good job. So that's kind of what it was like kind of growing up with them. And it's interesting that you had kind of both aspects to that. Like you had somebody who was like, how you can actually make a lot of money using your mind rather than your back. And then you have the other side of it, which is, I mean, you're still using your mind, but I mean, more so, you know, blue collar trade work. Like, I think that that's an interesting aspect that you got to have actually. Yeah. It was a really, really unique dynamic. And it was interesting to just weigh the two approaches back and forth and kind of figure out like, all right, where do I want to be? And I kind of want to be somewhere in the middle, but the business day to day, so who runs the business now? Are you making the decisions? Are you watching the money? Are you, you know, signing the contracts? Yeah, so, what does that look like? Or do you just run around and dick around YouTube like most people probably think you do? Yeah, all I do is I wake up at 10 a.m. I go get brunch with my friends. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, video some stuff for an hour and then just head home and run down the road and then uh, sit back in my million dollar mansion at night and, you know, just get fed. Yeah, count your money from YouTube. <laughs> No, man. I mean, right now. So, I mean, there's not, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's me doing it. There's a team. We have a team of people. I mean, our business four years ago was, you know, dad was doing everything. He was doing estimating. He was doing invoicing. He was doing project management, finding the work, keeping connections with good clients. He was doing everything. And our business was maxed. And that was, I don't know, about four or five years ago. And whenever I came into it about being serious, like being really serious about it was when I first bought my house when I was 21 and I ran into some troubles because I had a guy who was renting off me. Actually, it's funny. He's now my estimator. He works for me. Uh, He's my cousin, Brad, and he lived with me for a bit. And he was the reason why I was able to buy groceries and stuff. And then it ended up, he moved out because, you know, it just, it wasn't the same living together. So he moved out and I got pushed back into a corner where I felt like, I wasn't financially good. Like I didn't have enough. Like I, it's a joke. I tell my friends, like I, you know, I ate hamburger helper and lean ground beef every single day. That's all I ate. I had no extra money for nothing. And I kind of felt like I got pushed back into a corner that I didn't really like. And I didn't like that. So I kind of, you know, was maybe more so living, I guess, the life I'm thinking as I'm going, like more so was living the life, I guess, that people think that I live now kind of four years ago. And I've kind of gone, almost like reversed it and now 
you know, I ended up, we hired the estimator because we were so busy that dad was just pushing away work. And I was like, okay, that's not a fucking option because if we say no, just the next guy's just going to go fucking do it. Now I know you can't do everything, but there was really good work that we just weren't getting to because dad couldn't handle it. So we brought in an estimator then we brought in more office help. And then I branched out and was like, okay, we need to, to get into some more commercial work. So let's do some marketing. And then just over the course of the years, you know, getting into the business and stuff, dad's kind of taking a back step to it. And it's more so me and my cousin, Brad, who used to live with me, running the business right now. So we're going out there, getting the clients, signing the contracts, estimating the work, managing the job, looking after it. But everyone has a certain role. My dad's at the office, you know, Brad does the estimating and I'm at the office every here, every morning at our yard where my office is, they're at a separate place. I'm here every morning, super early, get the guys going, make sure all the trucks know where if they're rented out. Like I have three different things going on today. I got trucks out on rental with an LRT project, there's another crew that's down digging a basement. And then I got my topsoil operation. So kind of working around those and managing everything day to day, as well as, you know, finding new work and keeping connections with people is kind of what I'm doing. Being a business owner, literally, what you know, is like you fucking do everything. Yeah. No two days are the same. And I know that's a very common expression, but it's just wild how different things are day to day. Why did you go from what took you from, you know, just shithead kid to I want to be a business owner and I'm actually going to go out and get this because that's a big switch okay, well, and that's a big jump. What yeah. was the motivation there? Why? All right, well, because of I've all, seen, I, fuck, I, you, fuck I, you, Aaron, for calling me a shithead. <laughs> first of all, let's just get that out of the way. All right, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah all you yeah, do yeah. is take pictures of fucking. All you do is take pictures of construction machinery. You've never worked a day in your fucking life. No, my dad pays for everything. It's sweet. <laughs> yeah. You see, you get that end of it too, and I, I know it's a podcast. I'm on it, but I'm really interested to hear that part of it because I fucking see those people that say that shit too, and I'm like. Holy fuck, guys, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, no, 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 no. But why? Yeah. I mean, because I've seen, and I say that, like, it's it's a compliment because I've seen a lot of kids that they're second generation, third generation, and they just don't care. And it's hard as a, you know, 20-something to actually see the bigger picture, and they just get caught up in the, all right, I'm just going to hang out for a while. And they never really can make that leap to, I'm going to get after it, and that hunger and desire that was in their parents or their grandparents is just not within them. How, how did that happen? How did, how did you make that jump? So that jump came from two things. And those two things are family and money. Those are two things that I love very much. I yeah. love family and I love money. Now, when I say I love money, I hate that because I know there's so many business guys that are out there going, oh, you're chasing the dollar, you're chasing the dollar, don't do that. But at the end of the fucking day, if I sat here and told you that I didn't love making money, I would be completely fucking lying to you and it would be bullshit. Yeah. I love making money and I love being able to support my family in a way that is nice. And this kind of happened, like I said, me being pushed back into a corner when I first bought my house and I didn't have enough money to even fucking pay for it. That was a huge thing that pushed me back into a corner where I was like, okay, we need to make more money. And then another large aspect of it, and my dad's going to hate that I, I mentioned this, but this was a long time ago. You know, he ended up getting diagnosed with hepatitis C about eight, nine years ago now. And he got a blood transfusion back in the eighties that had hepatitis C in it. And he ended up getting diagnosed with hep C 
and I was living out west at the time, and he started deteriorating. It was super scary to see, and there was no cure for it at the time. Only thing was, there was these pills in the States that costed $300,000, you know, or some, some ridiculous amount of money. Mm. And I remember, you know, he was trying to float the business, and around this time, we were going through some really difficult times with business, because as you know, it's not all peaches and cream 24-7. You go through bad times. And we went through, he went through a really bad time at that time. There was, I think it was around, oh, wait, yeah. So it was around 2008. And, uh, you know, it was hard for him to get this money. And it ended up, the government ended up giving subsidies and blah, 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 and all this stuff. But there was like a six-month span where he wasn't sure if he could even afford to get these pills to make sure that he could still stay living. I remember 10 years ago sitting there looking at my dad through, I forget how we were looking at each other because I was at West. And I just remember him being like, dude, like he was just sunken in his eyes and it was just super, super scary. And I remember saying to myself, I don't ever want to be in this position again. I like family is way too important to not be able to have stuff to, to fix this, what's going on. So, I mean, yeah, rather than, yeah, I have a problem with rambling on, but it was a very big event in our lives, and it's hard to kind of grasp and tell that story about it, but it was family and financials. Those two things are the reason why four years ago, I was like, okay, this is it. This is my opportunity. I'm 21. Let's get after it. And those two things are connected to, I love money too. I, I used to be afraid of saying that because I feel like people misconstrue that. It's it's an incredible tool to do incredible things. And business yep. is an incredible means to go change the world, make it better while making a ton of money too. Those things are totally aligned. But Ed Milet, he was speaking and he just, someone asked him about, you know, why all this money and this and that. And he's like, well, you know, the nice things, obvious reasons, yes, but no one pushes my family around anymore. No one. I mean, I can control damn near everything about my family's life now because I have these means that were just not accessible to me before. He just got so damn emotional about it and so damn intense about it and just said, no one pushes my family around anymore. And that that is my motivation. That is why I've wanted this for the longest time now. And that's why I've worked my ass off for it. And he used his dad was dying of cancer at the time. I don't know if he's passed yet, but that was one of his examples. Like, listen, I'm the one paying for all these treatments right now. I couldn't be doing that if I didn't have money. It's just a fact. So, yeah, no, I'd go on and on and on about that. Can I go into social and marketing? How did you get started in making videos? How did you get started in putting stuff online? Why? What was the rationale behind that? So when I was younger, I was always that friend. Like, I have a YouTube account from 2012 that's still on the Internet. I've never told people about it. It's just this old thing that I used to be that friend that rather than being on the dirt bikes, I was that friend that had the video camera that recorded onto a tape that was videoing my buddies jumping their dirt bikes and four wheelers and then putting like down with the sickness over top of it. You know, I was that guy that was just making these videos because I don't know what drew me to it. I just always had this fixation with filming. Like there's videos I have so much footage of myself being 12, 13 years old, just in my room dancing to like the evolution of dance. Like, do you remember that video on YouTube? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, so I memorized that entire dance and recorded myself doing it. And I still have it to this day. It's priceless. 
but I always had this fixation with filming. So, and full transparency, dude, when I first started getting into this construction industry on Instagram and like, I originally started on Facebook, but I didn't know about anybody else that did. I thought I was the only fucking dude out there making good content for construction stuff. Cause I started on Facebook and I'd be doing giveaways. And I started with like gift basket giveaways and just reaching my local audience to, to grow the business. And then we got an Instagram account and you know, we had, we gained followers, 10 followers, 20 followers. I had like 30 followers for the longest time. And then I ended up getting a mark, a person who worked with me in marketing and she kind of gave me this look where I knew that I needed to dive down into online and I like creating content around my business. So I was like, well, maybe Instagram is a good platform for me to post my shit onto and maybe reach a bigger audience rather than my local people. And let's create this big following around Ken White Construction because I liked it. I liked the attention from it. And I like showing our day to day. Like there's so many aspects of it that I love doing. So she's not here anymore because she was, she was taking the direction of like, I hate, you know, and, and it's all personal. I hate saying this stuff because I know people are going to fucking rip me on it, but I hate construction accounts, dude, construction accounts. Let's not say that. I hate Instagram accounts for businesses that are hashtag Tuesday, hashtag throwback Thursday, hashtag yeah. Wednesday wisdom, yeah. hashtag flashback Friday. I'm over it. I was over it, dude. I was like, okay, everybody else does this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm more, let's, okay, this is fucking cool. This is a video that I made or this is a photo that I created. Let's throw it on there, you know? Yep. Well, now I have to go delete all so, my uh, throwback Thursday posts because that's a little embarrassing. No, but you don't do that shit. I agree. My The one I attack is Happy Monday. I'm just so sick of seeing <laughs> <laughs> a picture yeah. and just say oh, that, no but that's different it's there's like, so much negative stuff going on in the world but it's just like what does that do there's no value there's no story and it's like it pisses me off because you're posting this amazing photo about construction our industry needs as many people talking about as possible and yet you're just going to throw the opportunity away and just say happy monday it's like i don't <laughs> it doesn't do anything it's so frustrating to me that there's such a lack of storytelling when there's such a need for storytelling yeah, I totally, I agree fully with that. So once we started building, so she, anyway, so she left and we were still, we were seeing good growth. And then I started YouTube and now that's a whole other animal that I kind of got into because marijuana is legal here in Canada. Okay. And this is pertaining to construction. Don't worry. Yeah. So I was sitting at home one night, Friday night, my girlfriend's in bed. And I'm sitting there on the couch and I go, oh, I got a little baggie outside. It's legal here too, by the way. It's just like alcohol. <laughs> so I said, well, I'll just smoke a joint. So I went outside. No one listens it's to this like podcast. Midnight. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, so I'm sitting on the couch, you know, have a puff, put it away. And then I find myself watching this fucking guy in Russia plowing like a quarry with a loader. And I'm like sitting there for two hours, dude, watching this unedited, raw GoPro footage of this guy just with snow just frothing off the blade. And I'm like, this is fucking sick. And I'm like, I can fucking do this and I can do it better. Yeah. So I went and cause that's generally with everything. I'm like, okay, how's this guy doing it? Well, how can I do this? But better. So went out, got a GoPro, 
stuck it on top of the backhoe, went to the where we plowed snow at the storage, uploaded the video, and it just took off. There was two or three videos before that, you know, of me pushing stuff with dozers that didn't really take off, but this snow plowing video just launched. And I was like, holy shit, and I get like 3,000 subs in a month. And I'm like, wow, okay, now I can monetize. I, and so then YouTube partnership came up. Boom, awesome, perfect. I can start making money on this. Great. Then I started seeing the money come in from it. So right then, like right freeze time at this moment, that's whenever it hit me in my head going, okay, this is something that I can actually monetize, make money on. And also at the same time, I'm creating exposure to our business. Yeah. So I was like, and I love doing it because it was, like I said, with the dirt biking videos when I was younger, I'm making videos, I'm posting them on YouTube, and I'm making money at it. This is fucking awesome. This is great. And I love what I do. So that's kind of how that all kind of evolved. It all happened with me sitting on the couch one night smoking a joint. Incredible. And I'm not all that surprised. How much time do you spend on these videos? Like daily or weekly? Because you put out a lot of damn videos and I don't know, I couldn't keep up. How much time do you spend on these things? Man, a lot. So I record generally about four to five hours of footage a day. Damn. But I'm doing it different. Like I'm always learning, right? I'm like, it's same with you. you. When you upload something on Instagram or wherever you're putting it, LinkedIn, wherever, you're always looking through the business side of it going, okay, so how are people reacting to this? Okay, why didn't they react to this? you know, as much as this other post, you're seeing what works and what doesn't, right? Yep. So that's kind of what I'm still doing that. And I feel like if you ever say you're done learning, well, then you're just totally out of the game. You always have to constantly get better at stuff. So I still am learning how I'm doing it. But as of right now, as far as, you know, footage-wise, hours putting into it, I'm taking about a week's worth of footage I film every single day, my day-to-day, what I'm doing, guys on job sites, what it may be. So I'm taking about 16 to 17 hours of footage and converting that down to about 12 to 14 minutes and then posting that on YouTube. And those edits generally on Fridays, my guys, you know, it's a joke. They don't come and bug me. I lock my office doors. I lock myself in my office. And I'll spend about eight or nine hours just editing and then from there probably another two hours for the uploading process on the YouTube. So a lot of time goes into this. And, and you probably understand this. A lot of people would see that as like, that is the stupidest thing you could do with your time. What a waste of time. You should spend your time working on the business, but it is working on the business. You are furthering the business. It's an essential business task. I mean, that's how I frame social media is I need to post on social media every day because it's an essential part of my business. It's like, it's just an essential part of my life. It's like brushing my teeth. Like you just do it like, because you need to do it. This is how I drive my business. So this is what I do. A lot of people look at me like, wow, you waste a lot of time on your phone. It's like, I'm working. I'm not wasting time. I'm not sitting there looking at cat videos like you do. I'm sitting here actually generating value is a similar mindset with what you do. Dude, you like this, you know, full transparency this morning when I was going to go get my morning coffee, I generally, I talk to myself a lot, but out loud when I'm in the truck by myself. And I actually, I already answered this question this morning, driving down the road. And what you just said, Aaron, is exactly how I answered it to myself, that people don't understand. That's why I like talking to you because you fucking get it, dude. Like what you just said, but being on my phone, people are going, well, you're not working. Well, yeah, I am. When I say I'm going home at night, 
and still working, people are like, no, you're not. You're just on your phone at home. No, 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 dude. You don't get it, though. I'm working. Like, I'm on Instagram. I'm responding to people. I'm making content, whether it's editing a photo or editing that, that day's video. I'm reaching out to clients. I'm filtering through 175 messages from that day, trying to filter out the ones that are the people asking for work for our business to complete. Yep. Like, it's... I'm glad that you, that you pointed that out because a lot of people don't see that, especially where I'm from. I'm the only construction guy that has a YouTube account and nobody understands that. And I like hearing that, you know, maybe the listeners listening right now can understand like, you know, it's a really serious thing for yourself to look into your business, but understand that, yeah, it is a huge investment of your time. And yeah, maybe you don't want to work Saturday or Sunday. And I'm not saying Saturday or Sunday, I'm in a shovel or I'm in a dozer, but I could be locked in my office editing content. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't. Trust me. I know what you mean there. So YouTube is interesting. I personally hate video. I can't stand video. I can't stand editing video. It's too complicated. I just like photographs. It makes sense to me. It's a single frame, a single moment in time. I can wrap my mind around it. It's just one thing to worry about. Video, it's too much for me to handle. So I said, you know, despite everyone asking for it, I'm not going to touch it until I can have someone that is just dedicated to this. And then Angel came about. Now we're growing that side of things. But YouTube, so I don't have very much experience on YouTube. We post videos on there, but it's nothing serious. And, you know, maybe we're losing out. It's okay to me. But YouTube is a brutal place because there are some total assholes on YouTube that I don't see anywhere else. Like Instagram, I'll get someone that rips into me every once in a while, but it's not bad. It's very manageable. Facebook, not bad. LinkedIn, not bad. It's just, you know, people, they're just kind of being assholes, but you can just shrug it off. YouTube, they just, they go right for your throat. I mean, they just attack and attack and attack. I don't know what it is about it, but it's a brutal, brutal place. I can't even imagine the shit you, you've you got over the past year, you know, however long you've been doing this. <laughs> What's that been like, and how do you even deflect all that shit? <laughs> okay, so the hate. This is a good topic, and uh, hopefully anybody listening that wants to go on YouTube or something, like, just, you know, listen, I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't even consider myself successful on YouTube yet. I'm super small, but I've gone through the growing pains to get to 1,000, 10,000, 20,000, and just listen real close. And my girlfriend just started a YouTube channel as well, and I've been trying to talk to her about it, but it's hard with her because she doesn't really want to listen to me because I'm her boyfriend. But YouTube is, like you said, a very, very toxic place. YouTube comments are one of the worst I've ever seen because I have the Instagram and I have YouTube. Now, you're larger on Instagram, obviously, so you you still see the hate. But combating hate on YouTube is something that it's super cliche and it's super easy to say, but you just have to not pay attention to it and understand that those people that are sending you that shit, that bullshit are just unhappy people with their own lives, man. Like I never thought that I would get hate from making a plowing video, but my first plowing video, dude, it sent me into a downward spiral of depression because people were ripping on me saying, you don't know how to fucking plow. You're just wasting time, you piece of shit. You should go die in a hole. Like, yeah. dude, there's stuff that I don't even want. And I, I'm a very vulgar guy. There's stuff that I don't even want to say that people sent me messages about because of plowing videos. It's something that I deal with on every single video. But 
one piece of advice I want to tell the people is don't be the person that deletes the hate comments. Leave them up. Don't be the person that deletes the hate comments because then that person who posted that hate comment, they won because they know, oh, they got rid of that. Oh, that got to them. No, man, it's added engagement. My outlook on haters right now, or hate, whatever you want to call it, is a positive one. They're adding engagement to my content, and I don't really believe in haters. I think that they're just people that are really envious of you and are jealous and intimidated, and that's all that is. So it's actually more or less love than hate. You yeah. gotta, you, gotta, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, it used to get to me, and I think like you have to kind of overcome it, but now it's just... Every once in a while, it'll still get to me, but very, very rarely now. And and now it's like, you know, someone will come on YouTube like, wow, this is the shittiest video I've ever seen. And it's like, well, joke's yeah. on you, buddy. You're still sitting here watching it, wasting your time and commenting on it. So that's hilarious yeah. that it's the worst video you've ever seen because you're still wasting your time on my video, which gives me so much satisfaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks, thanks for the thanks for the added engagement, dude. Like, yeah. seriously, that, that's all it is. Like, yeah. thank you for adding engagement and taking 14 minutes out of your day to watch me because I'm not taking 30 seconds out of my day to even respond to you or even <laughs> to look at who you are or what you're about. Yeah, no, it's just like you are taking some of their time and they're not giving you're not giving them anything back. It's great. Uh, I just wanted to touch on yeah. that because, yeah, you're being on YouTube and it's just it's a brutal place. It's a battleground. Yeah, man. But, you know, you just got to push through it. You just got to push through it, not pay attention to it. And like you said, it does get to you. Yeah, it does. You're still human. You still have emotions. But you just got to really put in your head that if you want this lifestyle, I'm not. And when I say that, I hate saying like that because it sounds like I'm a super narcissist. I'm not at this big peak, mainstream, fame, whatever. But if you want to be a creator on YouTube that has a large following, understand that automatically, 50% of the fucking people watching you are going to hate you and 50% of the people are going to love you. And those 50% of the people that hate you, they're going to tell you that they fucking hate you and why. But that 50% of people that love you, they're necessarily not going to comment and say that they love you to death. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I get myself in trouble every once in a while, but it usually works out. Like I said, some stuff about coronavirus the other day that I have no regrets about, but yeah, people definitely tore me apart for that one. Was that your story that you made about, I, I saw that. I think you were talking about like vitamins and how like yeah. blah, 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 that stuff. Yeah. Don't live a yeah. healthy lifestyle. Oh, don't that. worry about that. Even though that's the number one, don't even get me started yeah. about that. So as far as what are your frustrations with the construction industry? What do you think the problems are? What pisses you off about the industry where it's at? What do you think needs to change? What are you trying to change with your own business? Okay, well, that's a really good question. So let's start with locally. What's wrong with something that maybe the listeners can relate to? I know that I've talked about it on YouTube before, and a lot of people like New Jersey, New York, are kind of in the same problem that we have here, but it's finding really good truck drivers. Right now, Finding a good truck driver is the hugest localized problem that we have, man. You have signs all up and down the road that I have my yard on with people that are offering cash sign-on bonuses, full benefits. The rates are gone up. You can't find good people to get into trucks. And the larger scale problem that isn't localized, and this pertains to the industry in a whole, I find, is it's hard to get young people whether they be dudes or girls or whatever, it's hard to get 
young people into this industry and make it appealing for them. So there's just not that young demographic coming into it because I feel like, you know, maybe blue collar work, people are like, well, why would I go sweat my ass off all day and swing a shovel when I can just go to university here and get a degree in engineering and just become an engineer. And it's like, Oh, I I guess we're not wrong, but I mean, you still need trades and you can make really good money in trades more than an engineer. You can make an exceptional amount of money, but so I guess the main things would be localized. It's finding truck drivers. That is my full-time thing, trying to find truck drivers to drive dump trucks. And then on a whole other scale, it's bringing in really good young people into the industry and making it fun. And that kind of is like, with what you're doing too, you're making it interesting again. You're making it fun. You're making, you have the awesome content surrounded by construction that people are like, damn, that video, that fucking dozer with that music around it. That was fucking sick. I I might want to actually try to get into a dozer and get into this industry, you know? Yeah. No one watch it. Cause I did go to university and, and I do have an engineering degree somehow. It was ter- <laughs> t- terrible accident. How's that going? Oh man. <laughs> Don't get me started there. Uh, I don't regret it though. I don't regret it. It was a good four years. What about it is appealing to you as a young person? Because you are the target demographic. I'm the target demographic. So what is so appealing to you about sweating your ass off and grabbing a shovel? Why do that rather than go get a degree? What's the other side of it? Honestly, I think what it is, is two things. It's you're really working your ass off for what you make. And there's a really, really good feeling when, and I'm talking, I guess, from the point of an employee standpoint, not so much where I sit today, but I know that my, you know, Al, he's, he's behind me, he's running the stacker, like we're screaming dirt right now, right behind where I'm sitting. And he works his ass off all week, dude. He is covered in dirt at the end of every night. And I know that when he gets that paycheck, and I know that whenever I was on the tools and doing that stuff, when you get your paycheck, it's not about the money, but it's about knowing that, damn, I worked my friggin' ass off to get this money. This is mine, and I worked hard for this. And I think that that's a big aspect of it, too, is that you don't feel like anything is really kind of given to you, and it's the work ethic that pertains to being in the blue-collar industry. Like, you have to be wired like every, like to just want to work hard and put in that work and understand that at the end of all that work, there's going to be a nice reward, which is a nice paycheck that you got to take home every two weeks or, or weekly or whatever it may be. You know, like I just, I think that, that that's a really key point is that it's the work ethic and then the, the reward at the end of it of doing something fulfilling. And also the other thing, which I mentioned, it is the always changing. You're outside. The weather's always changing where if you're in an office all day, the weather doesn't change every day in an office. It's always at uh, 19.5 degrees, 46% humidity. Yeah. Where outside, the weather changes every day. Your job site changes every day. You get a new machine. You get an old machine. You run into problems. You problem solve that problem. You're going to different job sites. You're seeing different things. That, to me, like, from what my employees say, like, they love, you know, that we change jobs. Like, you know, especially this year with coronavirus, man, like, a lot of our commercial work ended up getting pushed back and we're on residential stuff more now. And residential is awesome because every four days, those guys are getting to a new job site. They're not on that job site for two or three years, but 
you know, as I'm saying it now, I guess, you know, there are there's construction companies where you're going to be there for two or three years on the same job site, but it changes. It always changes, whether it be the weather, the machines, you know, problems during the day. I think that it's just a fast paced, you know, it's safe, but fast paced environment of blue collar work, I think is what really drives people. And it's like, you have it in you. People that are in blue collar work, you have it in you. You have that work ethic, that feeling of like getting dirty or not dirty, but just building stuff and being more hands-on and making bigger decisions. I just think that that's why it should be appealing to young people is that you're outside or you're inside. Things are changing. It's an interesting industry to be in. That's for sure. I agree. Yeah. And I feel bad for people that show up at the exact same office 40 hours a week, every week, every year for 40 years. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, it's for some people, but I don't, I think a lot of society is being lied to right now and they're being lied to, you know, by, you know, the big education systems and the big corporations saying this is the only way to success when it's not, we're way overvaluing these white collar positions and these degrees way overvaluing them now. And then way undervaluing the blue collar world when no one could survive without the blue collar world. And it's going to, it's not going to be replaced by autonomy anytime soon or ever for that matter. It's not going to be replaced by technology. You still need people in ditches laying pipe. Like it's just kind of one of those insulated worlds, which is good and bad. So, all right, that's pretty cool. I totally, I totally, I totally get that. And I also think that like on the whole topic of education, all it is is really good marketing on the school's part. Like oh, we're yeah. doing education, colleges and universities, dude, they're the best fucking marketers out there. Agreed. They got the whole world thinking, oh yeah, I need to go to school. I need to go to school to get a good job. Where, Agreed. No, you fucking don't, man. Yep. Yeah. And that used to not be true, you know, or maybe our parents' generation, but like your dad, blue collar, but it was true at, at one time, you know, a degree was the mean, the way to a higher form of life. Now it's not at all, not even remotely close. I've seen enough of my friends who do nothing now with their degrees in either, you know, miserable job or nothing to do with their degree, what they studied. It's a joke. But then there are, do I regret it? Absolutely not. Would I do it again? Absolutely not. But I don't regret it. It was a ton of fun. So that's a whole yeah. touchy subject. But as far no, as vulnerability, emotions, you seem to be, and I've never met you in person, but you seem to be a very emotional person and you share your, 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 your very vulnerable people. And that's rare in this industry. Most everyone. And I know most everyone in this industry, most humans, humans in general, just are emotional at the end of the day, there's emotions and it's a big part of humanity. It's a big part of life. It's a big part of work. It's a big part of everything. You can't Work-life balance, for example, you're not just separating things. You're taking emotions from one and carrying it over to the other and vice versa. But I feel like it's not talked about in this industry. It's really, this is a really taxing industry to be in. And yet no one really talks about the emotional toll and just the emotions themselves. They just, they're tough guys. They got to tough it out. They're manly men. And that's what they do. They just put their heads down and work and then go bury themselves in a bottle after work, which is terrible to see, but it happens all the time. Why share? Why be so vulnerable? Because you don't have to do that, especially in a public arena. You don't have to go say the stuff you do online. And how do you process your emotions? Because it's one, you're an emotional person. Two, you're running a business, which is extremely emotional. Three, you're in the construction industry, which is just a pain in the ass itself. How have you learned to cope with all that? And especially, you know, you're 25, I'm 25. Our brains aren't even developed yet. So we're still trying to 
cope with all these complex concepts and emotions when our brains aren't even, we're not even there yet. How do you do that? How have you kind of figured that out so far? Well, I look at it like this. I look at it, there's two different types of people. There's people who actually talk about their emotions and then you have liars. And that's how I look at it, dude. You have people like me who want to talk about their emotions and then you have people who don't want to talk about their emotions or tell you that they don't deal with emotion. They don't make decisions based on emotion when that's total fucking bullshit. That's a lie. Don't sit there and say that, you know, you're going to buy, you know, $1.2 million bulldozer and say that you have no emotion to it. You don't see your kids faces when you sign that dotted line. Like, dude, there's totally fucking emotion in everything that you do. And I feel like I want to share it for just this reason. Exactly. I want people to understand that it's fucking normal, dude, to feel not normal. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to deal with, like you had a post last, last week, dude, and it hit me and I, I reached out to you, like I commented and then sent you a private message. Cause I was like, man, like I know what Aaron's talking about with this anxiety right now and dealing with it on a daily basis. Like these past two, this is like a great therapy session, dude. This, these past two weeks have been, you know, huge for me as far as dealing with daily anxiety, because Last YouTube video, we have the brand new screener. That's a $400,000 investment. I also need a loader. That's another $400,000. So I'm looking at, you know, I got to invest a million dollars into my business. So you're fucking right every single day that I'm dealing with anxiety because I'm constantly thinking about stuff that different outcomes. How's this going to end up if it doesn't work out? Okay, well, that's not an option. Okay, so how's it going to look to be successful with with this iron? You know, where can I get this? Where can I get that? Always chasing that next thing in business is so tiring. It's so tiring. And you deal with so much emotions. And I want people to see what I'm what I'm going through, the growing pains of growing the business. Even though we're an established company, you know, four years ago, we didn't have millions of dollars in the banks. Hell, we weren't even doing millions of dollars worth of work four years ago. Now it's a different story because we've been busting our asses as a team to get to the point that we are at today. But I want people to see the struggle. I want people to see the real story behind growing a mom and pop shop into a full on corporated business that does big commercial work, that puts up buildings, that pumps out 20,000 cubes of soil a week, that does all that stuff. I want to give the true, authentic story of my life and my business and how I'm growing it. So that's why I share what I share because the messages that I get from people that go, dude, I don't have the guts to fucking say what you just said on Instagram, man. Like, I can't believe that you're that vulnerable on there. And I say, well, that's why I'm doing it just for that message right there. That guy just said, yeah, man, like I'm dealing with the same shit, but I don't feel like going out there and just telling everybody. Yeah. And I feel like you can relate to that as well too. Like with your posts, like you're vulnerable as well. And you, when you were going through with your bank stuff, getting a line of credit, like, yeah, or whatever you were getting, you're running line of credit, you know, money, financial stuff, you share all that shit. So I could throw the question back on you. Why the fuck do you do that? But I know that your answer is, I want to show people what it's actually like. I don't want to glamorize this and say, oh, yeah, check out all my machinery that I own. Or well, actually, the fucking bank owns half of it, actually. <laughs> but anyways, things are fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. And I share it too. I mean, for all those reasons in a lot, just to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm a human and I've realized people buy people. I was just listening to a podcast this morning and that came up. It's come up so many times over and it is so true. People buy people, people buy people that they can relate to. 
And if I'm sitting there like, man, I am struggling right now. This sucks. People have been there. They can relate to that. And then they can buy into the story and they become invested in the story and they become invested in our journey and our mission. And then that furthers our mission and makes the dirt world a better place. It's all tied together there. And I guess the other side of it too, is it, it also helps me process the, yeah. the pain. It helps me process the struggle. It helps me process the problems, my emotions. Social has become for me just my expression for whatever I'm, I'm dealing with at that, at that time. So if I'm dealing with something, I'm just going to talk about it. It's, it's now it's just a natural piece of this. I had to overcome the fear at first. Now I've overcome most of it. And it's just a means of coping. I think is what it really is. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's almost therapy to just sit down and write about my anxiety. Cause it's like, man, oh wow, this makes sense. Oh wow. That makes sense. And then talk to other people about it. And, and then just, it starts conversations and it opens so many doors. I agree. And that's the hundred percent. Like you just said, I sit down and I'm writing on a caption on Instagram. And as I'm typing it, like if you're reading my caption, that's actually how it was coming out of my head at that time. And I'm processing my thoughts as I'm putting it out there. So there is a sense of, wow, this is kind of actually really nice to, to get my thoughts out there. So you're right. That is an aspect to it. But I really just genuinely want people to understand that if you watch me, if you follow along, if you want to start your own journey and post it online, be authentic and just be real. And people will follow that. People will connect with it. People will relate to it. You have to show all the realness. I don't like these guys that start Insta guys or whatever, start these Instagram accounts or they start YouTube. And it's like, you can just tell it's like, Oh dude, when that camera just turns off, I know that you're just a fucking miserable fuck. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like there's just, it's brutal. It goes on beyond social too, right? It's not just social is a very, it's an amplifier of that, but you'll know people, you'll have one uh, viewpoint of them, one set of experiences with them when it comes to business. But then they might be a piece of shit personally. And you're just like, well, I thought you were yeah. this guy, but no, you're just hiding under this veil and you're really that guy or the other way yeah. around. They use business as an excuse to just be a piece of shit because, oh, it's just business. Oh, it's just money. I can have these other set of values here. And then personally, they're, they're holier than thou. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's an inconsistency here. And now I have no respect for you. I mean, if you can't just give me the straight poop on who you are, then I can't listen to anything you say. Cause I don't know what's true and what's not as social media. It's just, a, it's the exact same concept. And I see so many people going down such stupid paths that are, that have nothing to do with them that are copying what someone else has done or what they think is the right formula. And they totally forget about just who they are. And it's really about learning who you are too. I know you've probably, you're a lot different now than you were two years ago. You're just learning how you articulate, how you process emotions, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And the more you learn about yourself, the better you can tell stories, the better you can bring people along, the better you can explain things. And I think that's a big piece of it too. But people, they forget that. And then they just try to do what people want to see and it screws them. They go nowhere because they're just trying to do what someone else has done and they're not them. No, you're totally right. Yeah. No, I, I agree, man. And like you just said, like you're always learning, but it's like, I'll ask you the question, like, well, when do you think you're going to be done learning about yourself? And, you know, that answer is, well, never. Because yeah. like I just said at the beginning about my dad, my dad like is 56 years old, man. And just these past three years, my dad has turned into this completely, completely different man that's more chilled, 
more laid back, looks at life differently, enjoys quality time with family a little more than spending time at the office now. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, man, you can teach a dog. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Like he's learning this new lifestyle of sharing more, of understanding it's okay to tell people good job. So you're right with, you're never done learning. You never are. And if you think that you are done learning about yourself, you're just completely wrong and you're going to miss the point and you're not going to go anywhere in life if you think that you know everything about yourself or about the industry as a whole. It's super important to constantly keep evolving, keep changing. That's as, as humans, that's how we've gotten to where we have cars driving down the road by themselves now because of evolution, because of learning, of trying new things and changing. Yeah. I was listening to an interview on my run this morning and I, I mentioned run because I think that's the next topic here. But David Yarrow, he's a very, very world-renowned photographer. Incredible photographs, this guy. And the, you know, he said the easiest question I'm asked is what's your best photograph that you've taken? And he just says, it's so easy because I haven't taken it yet. I'm going to take it, but it's in the yeah. future. I haven't done it yet. And if I think I've taken my best photograph ever, then what the hell's the point to doing any more, any of this? Yeah. And if, uh, yeah, if I say this photo is my favorite, then there's no point to doing it anymore. I've just completely eliminated the reasoning for why I do what I do. And it's like, that is such a simple way to look at things. And just to think about it from a, like a yeah. single photograph, single point of view, which I guess it resonates with me because that's what I do a lot of times when I'm not no, I, I, running the business. I get it, man. And like yeah. I, I had a message on Instagram. Someone was making fun of me. They're like, dude, every time you post a story about this new batch of topsoil, it's always, oh, this is the best. This is the best stuff we've made. He goes, but like, it's been the best stuff for the past eight times. And I'm like, dude, I said, I just made that story saying that this is the best batch that we've ever made eight minutes ago. Yeah. And about 30 seconds after I'm done with that story, I'm already looking at that soil going, fuck, you know what? I could probably add a little more play into that and heavy it up a bit, add more body to it and make it better. Yeah. I'm never satisfied. I'm never done. My dad, I, I, you know, I used to think nothing of it, but he says, people ask him how he is when you go to a restaurant or something like that. And he's like, you know what? And he just says it so damn genuinely. Today is the best day of my life. I mean, and, and, and you just like, yeah. he, he says it in such a convincing manner. You're like, holy shit. Like he really does believe that today is his best day ever. And then tomorrow he says the exact same thing. And then tomorrow he says the exact, and it's like, he has shit figured out. Like, that's what I want. That level of contentment and, and level of living, like just every day is your best day ever. That is a really good way to live because too many people just live in the past. Like talk about what they used to do or used to be or what they've accomplished. Like it's fun to look back on that kind of stuff. And I'm young, so I haven't even done a whole lot, but too many people just kind of talk about what they've done or what they've seen before. So last, yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Last top real quickly here. We're at an hour. Uh, it's flown by, but what does your fitness look like these days? Cause I know you've talked about that a lot. It's not a big topic of discussion in our industry, which is odd because most everyone relies on their bodies to make their money in this industry. And yet most everyone treats their bodies like absolute dumpsters. I mean, what does exercise look like right now for you? How did you reframe your thinking as far as exercise goes? Because I, I mean, have you ever been, have you always been like that? Did it change for you? What does that look like? And why is it important? Well, I mean, I feel like as far as like, what does it look like? I actually like talking about more of the aspect of what does it feel like? 
Because for me, exercising isn't about what's it look, you know, like, like what, when you work out, what do you do? And it's like, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about like when I'm doing it and what I'm thinking about. It's more about the mindset and mental for me. But I was about four years ago. Um, I used to be, like you said before, you summarized it great. I was a shithead, dude. I liked smoking cigarettes partying like i would buy a 40 ounce if i was going out for one night and that was it i don't drink anymore i don't do any of that shit but it's it's super important to understand that like you said you rely on your body and it's more about the mental for me as well so i generally so like i'm at the yard at 5 30 in the morning i do my stuff i don't take breaks i don't take lunch i don't take any of that stuff and then around, like right after this right now, I'm going to go home and it's nice and hot. The sun's beating down. I love the heat. I'm going to go home and I'm going to go run. And when I'm on that run, I might listen to a podcast or I might not listen to anything at all. I might just put on noise canceling headphones and literally have nothing on yeah. because I like just listening to my own breath. Like my favorite thing is Saturday or Sunday mornings, hitting the asphalt in the morning, no cars and just hearing that. of your sneakers hitting and impacting the pavement and having my mind clear and reflecting on what did I do this week? What am I doing? What's my life look like from a different outside perspective? If if I was like photography, if I was shooting with a 400 millimeter lens, let's take this out to a 15 millimeter lens and let's really fish eye the shit out of my perspective of my life right now. What do I look like? What am I doing as a human? And I know that it's like, well, okay, dude, that's fucking deep. But I, that's how I think every single time that I work out, whether I'm running, whether I'm doing battle ropes, whether I'm at my house doing pull-ups in my gym or whatever I'm doing, I'm constantly, constantly trying to improve my mental strength while I'm working out as well as, yeah, I feel fucking fantastic with all this virus stuff going on. Like you said on your story, sorry, everybody else, but yeah, like you don't just take a pack of vitamins and then you're healthy. You don't just take a vaccine and then, oh, well, huh, don't have to worry about anything else for the rest of my life. Yep. No, man, you might want to think about getting healthy on the inside. Like cause there's a lot of guys in construction that you look at and you go, damn, that dude's fucking jacked. That dude's ripped as fuck. And then he jams 14 cigarettes in them between 12 and 1 p.m. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, but you're probably fucked on the inside right now. Yeah, I see, I see that a lot, too. Yeah, it's, I know, it's, but it's, it's a bummer. It's important to, to stick to a fucking regime, to stick to a fitness regime. I can't explain that enough to how much success has, how much exercising has gotten me to where I am and is going to get me to where I'm going. And I know that you think the same about that. Yeah, I totally think the same about that. I haven't missed a day working out since the beginning of last year. And it's just been, it's, it's, changed everything and you said it perfectly it's a whole mindset thing it's one i just like that the people the imaginary people i compete with they're probably not out there doing it as consistently as i am or when it's raining or when it's dark or when it's cold i'm the only one out there which is kind of gets me off my ass and is the motivation for it in the first place and then it's just it's like the mental toughness aspect of it that's really helped me with my business with my emotions with everything. It's just such an advantage that you have over everyone else when you, when you're tough like that and you just learn more about yourself too. Yeah. I really dig that. What you just said about like knowing that you're the only motherfucker out there doing it. I mean, you didn't say motherfucker, but I did, but it's like, 
that's totally, you're 100% right. We get winter here, we get snow, and when it's snowing and the sidewalks are covered in 30 centimeters of snow, and I'm going out there for a run, and I know that people are looking out through their windows going, holy fuck, dude, that guy is crazy. Look at him running out there. Yeah. I love that. I feed off that energy. I yeah. love it. So I relate to that. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. Well, I guess I just moved, but Phoenix, Arizona, you know, running midday during the summer, it is a different level of like misery and almost danger, but it's kind of exciting too. When people are looking at you like, what is that guy doing? Like what the hell is going on here? So I just want to touch on that. I I know that's uh, important to you and it needs to be talked about in this industry as well, since a lot of people don't prioritize their health for unfortunate reasons. Oh, it's a big part of my life. It's a huge part of my life. It's something that I do every single day. And yeah, man, I, like I said, it's 43 degrees Celsius here today, which is like 90 something Fahrenheit. And I literally cannot wait to get out there and hit the pavement and with a little t- tank top on, a little short shorts, strut my shit, get everyone to see how sexy I am and get out there and run. Damn. Leave some women for the rest of us. Well, um, <laughs> Uh, we covered a lot here. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Oh, dude, no, man. I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to literally blab on. I want to thank the listeners for listening. I want to let everyone know that you can reach me on Instagram at kidwc 2000 on YouTube, Ken Light Construction. That's my little plug. Stay fit, stay healthy, and uh, just get after it. And don't listen to anybody else. Just get after it. Love it. Just get after it. All right, man. Well, thanks again. You could follow him on YouTube, Kenway Construction, Instagram, KWC2000. Pretty sweet stuff on both. I don't spend a whole lot of time on YouTube, but I see all your Instagram stuff. So a lot of fun there. So check him out again. Before we wrap up here, share share this podcast if you found value with it. If you learned something, if you're excited about it, if it resonated with you in any way, if you think someone else in your life that you know can listen to it, please share it. It's been really cool to hear guys, you know, someone messaged me the other day. Yeah. You know, we, I have the crew listen to your latest podcast and then we talk about it in the mornings before we go to work. That kind of stuff is awesome. And it really helps us out, helps our mission out, make dirt world a better place. The more people we can get bought in, get actually making dirt world a better place, the better it'll be for all of us. It's a, it's a win, win, win all the way around. So please share it. And with that, we are all done here. Thanks for listening.